Fitness for the Fairways podcast, helping you make your body the best club in your bag. Joe interviews the best strength coaches, physical therapists, and golf professionals to help you take your golf performance to the next level. Today I'm here with Dan Huang, a doctor of physical therapy, working out of the Five Iron location in Herald Square in New York City. Dude, welcome to the show. What's up, Joe? It's about time uh, I had you on so we can... Uh, talk a little smack i guess to each other about our, our golf games dan dan is uh or was my playing partner back in new york so um sad to, to not be playing as much golf with you but hey, here we are we'll have to get a trip together soon yeah man i mean i'm hoping to come down to see you in north carolina sometime this fall but we definitely need to play a game before that before oh, the season yeah. ends I, i'm training so uh, i make sure i whip your ass when you get down here so Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but take the floor tell us just about who you are how you got into golf uh, physical therapy and everything anything else you want them to know about you yeah so uh, my name is dan um been a physical therapist for roughly two years now in new york and um i'm currently working in nyu langone hospital doing acute care physical therapy um been working with a lot of post-op patients in different services, including cardiothoracic, um, orthopedic joint replacements, um, to like neurosurgery. So, um, but that's one side of physical therapy that I really fell in love with. The other side, of course, is golf-related, and um, I started playing golf probably around two years ago. Um, got really into just the movement aspect of the golf swing. Um, so I got TPI certified. Um, and I recently started working at five R in golf in Herald square, uh, just working with members who are dealing with any orthopedic injuries, um, and just overall bridging that gap between rehab performance and strength and conditioning. Nice, nice. And, um, I mean, I spent a little time in there too. Is it, they actually have a really awesome, um, space in there. Yeah, no, they have everything there. I mean, it used to be the Golf and Body Club, and um, they definitely minimized the gym to put more sims in, but overall, the, the gym has everything you need. Um, so it's been, it's been great just like um, training and doing physical therapy with everyone there. If, uh, it can get I, a little crowded. Yeah, if anyone's in New York and, and is uh... – interested in at least uh just hitting some balls in there what they did is they took they have an awesome view of the city like like staring like dead straight at the empire state building and they decided to put that view in the gym it's like the only place you get it which was like amazing i just be like sitting there waiting for a client to come in and just like staring outside outside at the sixth avenue and looking at that building yeah i mean there's so many people <laughs> like so many people walking through you just like sit there just watch people <laughs> yeah. while lifting weights <laughs> yeah it's not bad man i mean that view i mean i'm a, I'm a sucker for a good view so yes sir but um i want to start talking a little bit uh, about our our golf games where they were this past season um i hope you spent a little time reflecting on it and then um i do want to start to get into our goal since we are going to be doing the golf performance program together and we've been kind of tied together as playing partners so i'll be interested to see where where our games end up going into next season since for you i mean the season's pretty much done right i mean it's 
getting a little colder here. I wouldn't say it's done yet. Um, I think I will still play throughout the winter, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off off season training soon, but I don't really foresee me not being able to play golf until like January. Does it get cold down there? Uh, from what I've heard is that uh, winters, which will probably hit around like late November to December, um, and you'll have like some cold days followed with days in the 60s. So I don't think I think January and February might be the only kind of couple months where I really won't be able to play. Yeah, I mean that's still playable in my eyes. I mean, I've I've played in what like forty degree weather before. That's, that's maybe maybe why, thirty. <laughs> yeah, one reason why I was interested in coming down here. I mean, I, I'll be it'll be interesting to see how training, um, not having a full off season, but still trying to train as one, um, how that kind of kind of goes together. So that's that's the the one fun thing about now having an opportunity to like experiment with fitness and how it impacts performance is that I kind of get to see. Uh, firsthand different environments how how those things kind of play on my body yeah definitely all right man so so let's start with um where where was your where did you feel your game was at the beginning of the season and then where do you feel your game has uh progressed or not progressed as, as it's gone through uh, the beginning of the season um i would say my my game hasn't changed significantly um in terms of like a score perspective i still shoot roughly in the mid 90s um sometimes into the hundreds but um overall like i haven't seen a huge change in um in the game itself except i would say in my short game um i think my short game has evolved significantly um just hitting better shots from that 20 to 40 yard range and then honestly getting it pretty close to the hole where i just need to sink that one putt um overall the, my handicap's been around 21 to 22 um and my driver really hasn't evolved that much i still you know average around 250 with a club at speed of you know sub 100 um on average probably around like 95 96 oh we're gonna change um, that baby that's the goal. Oh yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, after after this um, you know, program that we go through, you know, we'll see somewhere between the one one tens um and just, you know, hitting bombs over three hundred. But um yeah, I would say like anytime I hit it over a hundred, you know, or a hundred miles per hour, like you just I can't control that ball. Like it just doesn't land on the fairway that I want it to, it'll land somewhere totally out of bounds and um you know my long irons are still probably the weakest part of my game um you know and that's takes it takes repetition and i've been focusing a lot on just making good contact um and that's kind of where my game's been at right now is just like focusing on hitting my longer irons like you know the four or five irons just more consistently and um with better contact Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, those are that, that's a pretty solid goal right there. I mean, I would I would challenge you to make it a little bit more specific, as we know, specific goals uh, yield results. But um, you know, it's I would you know I, I you're not as big as uh, tracking. I mean, we both use the Grint, so you know I think you do have access to probably pretty good stats if you actually uh, recorded it well. But 
Um, you know, I've been a sucker because I've been using that and I started using the Arcos uh, Smart Caddy system. And that has kind of really given me some pretty good insights into into my game and where I really suck. Um, but <laughs> last season, as you remember, I, I couldn't hit my driver at all, right? I, I usually kept it in the bag and, and you kept telling me to pull it out. Um, but I refused to do it. And, and this season, I've actually been able to play with it very inconsistently. Um, but it's been a pretty big game changer actually having it as a club to, to use versus not. Um, so I'm proud of actually getting that goal. And now with the goal of trying to up the club hit speed, I'm really trying to get it up to, um, you know, closer to that 110 where I was at the range yesterday and I topped out at my session at, at 97 miles per hour with the ball speed of 143. So if I can uh, really push those numbers to almost double that, um, I would be pretty damn happy. And I think that will offer a significant benefit going into next round because where I am now, my handicap's at a 32. I started the season up at like a 38. Um, so the goal now is to you know, get that sub 30 handicap and, and break 90. That's, uh, that's going, I think I could actually get it to 29 handicap with how my game's been playing that, uh, towards the end of the season. I really just need like one or two more good rounds. Um, and I think I should be there. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, dude, I think, you know, in terms of our golf games, I just want to state that I've never lost to Joe. <laughs> uh, that's actually but, false. But what? What do you that, mean? I think the first, only the first round of last season, we both played completely like shit. Um, I beat you by like one stroke. It was like the first ever round we played. And we played for money. Too I don't remember that, but mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, you blocked it every memory. But after that, you've, you've completely dominated me. So that's yeah, probably I that why I haven't been forgot the first that. time I played golf. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think it was the first time, but it was definitely, that was when my handicap was up in the 40s. Yeah, I mean, that's constantly shooting at the one twenty. Pretty atrocious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went from atrocious to to bad, and now I'm going trying to get to bad to to good. So, I mean, I've seen you know a couple of rounds that you sent me, and I would say you're progressing pretty fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Uh, I think the not the last round I played because I I ended up having a terrible back nine. I ended up shooting a sixty six on the back nine after shooting a forty nine in the front. Um, But the round before. Um, I shot a 102 on a really nice golf course. I ended up blowing my chance to break 100 on the 18th hole. But I ended up shooting, I think, the viewer told me I ended up shooting to like a 24 handicap. So if I get another round like that, it took my handicap down from a 35 to a 32. So one more round like that, I think I'll be sitting at like a 29, and uh, and that will be one more goal um, checked off the, the list. Man, once you get into the low 20s, it just gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I'm getting there. I mean, my my average nines are, are are getting better, and I think I've taken six strokes off my average average game this season, and about about six points off my handicap. I think from from the start, so uh, that that's a pretty good start for me right there. And now I'm going to set some pretty lofty goals for next season. Less drops. Left. Yes, uh, my drops have gone down. They've gone down from like I think my average was nine, and right now it's about an average of five. So it's, it's getting there. Most of my drops now are with my driver. It's it's usually just like a pretty bad hook into the into the forest. <laughs> so the, the oh, so you're not slicing anymore. It's 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 a fifty fifty mix. I have a two way miss right now, so that that also makes it challenging. But I see. <laughs> we'll see. But the the irons, I don't I don't really slice too much. Even my, my foreiron is usually actually I've been actually hitting my long irons pretty well, which has been my mm-hmm. saving grace. 
So if I can keep that going, that would be good. But let's talk uh, talk about goals. What what kind of uh, yeah. things are you you looking to to kind of get going into next season? Uh, biggest goal that I have next season: increase my driver club at speed um, to. I would like it to be around 105 on average. And, you know, that's not, I would say, typically high per se. But for me, um, in order for me to hit a consistent shot with that speed is something that I would like to see in my game. And, um, you know, anytime I do go over that number, it's just like I, I lose total control. So, I mean, I can get there, but it's just like having that consistency where I can get the ball on the fairway where I exactly want it um, with that speed is something that I would like to see. Um, so you, you, you can actually get to 105 or better? Because the most I've tapped out on, um, I've seen so far, is 102 with the driver. Yeah, I, I can get to 105, but it's just... Uh, so like, you're going to... That would be easy for you. I have no coordination with that. So I think it's just, for me, it's like this like repetition that I need to keep doing um in order to get there yeah well i think that's uh i think um i mean i i would you know getting on this program i think is you know i think since you've been on it for a month already you've seen it's a little bit different and i think once we get into like a real strength power block that you're you know if you can get to 105 now you're probably going to be getting towards i think there's a a lot of room for improvement so i think that you'll be able to get that top end speed to like 115 at least and then that should probably easily put you at your goal of hitting 105 110 on course for sure. And then if I'm hitting in the 115s, I can probably bomb at 300, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think, I mean, even if you're, if you're saying that your encore speed is 96 and you get to 105, 106, I mean, that's a significant difference. I mean, that should, that should afford you from being an average of 250 to probably being closer to 275 plus on average. Easy. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. You have any other goals besides club head speed? Uh, just overall my score, I would love it to be somewhere, you know, in the, you know, the, the, the 85, 88 plus minus three, maybe, but I've only broken a broken 90 once. And I think breaking 90 consistently is something that I have yet to do. And that would be a good goal for me. Um, I guess it's kind of similar to yours. You'd like to break a hundred. I'm kind of just at that next, you know, Mm -hmm next uh level there but i want to break 90 consistently and i think that has a lot to do with just like you know all the triple bogeys all the drops that i'm making if i can clear that up and and not shank a ball or a shot i i think i can definitely shave it down easily but um there's just a huge mental component of a game that like you you end up hitting one bad shot and then leads to like Mm-hmm. two three holes of just like you know double triples <laughs> yeah man i mean that that's that's where that 66 came on the scorecard um last week i mean i was i shot really well on the on the front i shot a 48 that a 49 that's you know one of my better nines that i've ever had you know i think my best nine is 48 so for me to be sub 50 is is pretty good for my game and then um, I just started all of a sudden. I had a really hard time making contact and getting the ball where I wanted. And on the last three holes, all of a sudden the top started coming back. I couldn't move the ball. And I ended up with every single number being more than double the hole. 
Um, so that when you do that, that quickly jumps those numbers up from being, you know, where I probably would have been, you know, 105. I ended up becoming a 115 just because it had three terrible, terrible holes and I could not shake it. Yeah. It just, and, it, I mean, I feel you, dude. Like I've been there. I've been that, there many yeah, times. Yeah, I know. But that's, that's exactly what you said, right? It's that mythical opponent. I mean, like I would get over the ball and there's just like no confidence in even the way that I was setting up. I'm like, man, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. And you're just trying to to get back to whatever you were doing and whatever I've been practicing. But it just it just didn't work out. And you're just like, all right, well, I'll just chalk it up to a really good front nine and a, and a really bad back nine. And I'm... I mean, I've been surprised I haven't shot that bad in a while because I've had probably like six really good rounds in a row, um, for my standards at least, and, and I was bound to have a, a poor play. But I, I, I hit the range yesterday, and I was actually striking the ball really well, so I'm going to just strike it as uh, as a one-off, and, and I'm hoping that the mental game doesn't uh, start to derail me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of golf, right? <laughs> so. So yeah, no, I don't want to lose the confidence in my swing because that will be uh, there will be a whole another aspect that I'll have to figure out. But yeah, yeah so I what think, about you? So goal wise, um, club head speed, I definitely want to tick it up to to where I can. You know, I'm around the 110 um, on course, not just like that's my absolute max. So it's a lofty goal. Um, but after last season having a pretty large goal, and I think that there's still a lot of room for me. Um, to grow, I think that it's 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 going to be close to being achievable at least. Um, so we'll see if the, how that goes. Uh, I'd rather keep the lofty goal than than too short. So we'll see if I get to one ten. Um, the handicap uh, going at the end of next season, I would like it to be sub twenty five, and I would like to break ninety. And I think that's it. And oh well, then I would definitely want to see. I think. Uh, of late, my average putting has been around a 41, so I want to get that back down to probably around like a 36 by end of the season being my average and uh, clean up my short game a little bit better. Mm. So I have some some stats on the Arco system that telling me how far away I am from, uh, from a 20 handicap. Um, I actually should pull it up here. I think my short game is, is currently my worst where I'm five strokes off of uh, – a 20 handicap. So I think if I can get that, um, down to closer, just being like one or two strokes off and then clean up everything else that we're talking about, I I think I'll be sitting pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty at the end of next season. So what is this Arco system you're talking about? So they are the sensors that you put at the end of, uh, all your clubs and then they link Bluetooth to your phone. And what it does is it tracks all of your shots as you hit it. So, You'll hit, say you hit driver, um, it, tra- it knows that that's the club that you're holding. It pings the sound of the th- of the, the club to know that you hit it. And then you take your card, you walk up to your ball, and then it registers distance and where you are on the course. You're the right side, the left side, fairway or not. Um, and then it uses strokes gain statistics and compares you to the entire data pool that a Mark Brody um, and the system has started to create. So it started on the PJ Tour and that's the stats they used and now um, they've gathered enough data to start to um, allow you to compare yourself to other handicaps and not just to tour professionals, which is kind of nice. Um, and then based and they actually have this this um, feature now where they, they tell you what your average 
um, you know, like your, your furthest distance for each club is your shortest distance and what your average is. So when you're, when you have, when you're set up with a specific situation on course, it'll actually recommend a uh, club for you. So if you're kind of in between clubs, sometimes I will just be like, okay, Hey, they're recommending this and I may go for it, but I've, I haven't been able to actually trust it. Uh, because I've been hitting the ball better and my distances are going up and I've been missing to the back of the greens lately. Um, so I have to you know, really consider my club selection now. So it's, uh, I yeah. feel like I'm in between. So it's a good problem to have, but it's, it's definitely interesting and definitely helpful for me to kind of figure out where my game is. And, and I've talked on this podcast a thousand times about how I like to track these things. And if you really are serious about getting better, I, I do think that it's worth um, tracking some sort of statistics because otherwise you're just guessing, right? Like, you know, if I didn't really, like, I, I wouldn't really imagine that my short game was the worst part because I feel like my, me being off the tees is, is terrible. Um, it's gotten better. Um, but I, I only, I think I'm from a 20 handicap, only one and a half up to 2.6 strokes off of a 20 handicap. My approach game is five and a, uh, 5.6 off. And this is in my last five rounds. My short game is 1.8 and my putting is 3.8. So I need to work on my approach game and my putting game. You know, that's what that's really telling me, um, to really start to get that down. And obviously, sure, you know, being longer and being more consistent off the tee is going to help. But I think right now, um, you know, I have some other fish to fry based on this off these statistics. So, dude, what is the price point on this thing? Mm, I don't recall off the top of my head, but I do know if you use my my link or my discount code, it's ten percent off. But I think it's in the ballpark of like two or three hundred bucks, maybe four. Uh, I I'd have to double check that. I have to fact check that. Right. <laughs> but if anyone listening is interested, I'll definitely get that in the show notes um, because I do find it to be uh, pretty valuable. But um, let's talk about the, the golf performance program. I mean, I think I'm changing the name going into it. And I'm changing the structure from what it's been in the past for as, as far as how people could sign up. I was doing it as quarterly blocks and making people commit to it. But I think I'm just going to start doing it as, as a monthly um program you just sign up it just recurs you cancel any time um but we're starting to get into the strength and power block we just came off a pretty high volume block um doing some uh some 20 reps um schemes which is uh torture in its own right but uh let me t- tell me uh i mean you've been in a bunch of training programs before you've been around the industry so i'm kind of curious about what your uh, thought process is on the golf performance program and how you've responded to it so far yeah, so I mean, most people with any training experience are accustomed to like that three by ten, five by five, et cetera. Um, so the idea of that one by twenty workout was like completely ridiculous. <laughs> and then I was like, "What? What do you? What do you want me to do? Like one by twenty? And so like, um, you know, I had to look it up, and I was like. Okay, this was actually used in the Soviet Union by this man, Dr. Michael Yeses. And after kind of hearing and just reading through all the um, uh, articles out there about him, um, you know, the logic behind it actually kind of makes sense, right? Like the, and I got to actually experience what this kind of can do for your body. Um, So I can definitely attest that it helps produce results. Um, and it honestly does help, um, your body in a very efficient and safe way to, um, build strength. Um, so for anyone that's just like starting 
a lifting program. Um, typically, multiple sets, sets three by ten, are aren't really needed to see adaptations and results. And especially if you're just starting, um, your body really needs very little volume. And if it's like a very novel novel stimulus. Um, you don't really need that much to create these positive adaptations. Um, so there are many ways to develop strength, um, but oftentimes like these programs really fall short in developing athleticism. And so we assign strength to, to the top of the list often um, for any sort of sport, but while strength doesn't or does greatly increase the ability in the sport, it's just one factor. And we need to kind of focus on all the pieces of the puzzle to um, create a better athlete. And I think the GPP really did that for me in terms of like my golf game. Um, so going back to the first week, uh, going through what you programmed for me, I wasn't really prepared to do 20 reps at all. <laughs> and it was sort of challenging to find that right weight mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't want to do, um, you don't want to do 20 or 20 reps that are just like way too easy for you. And you, you want to, you don't want to choose a weight that you could do 40 reps with. Right. So you want to pick a weight that's first very challenging yet manageable to get to those 20 unbroken reps right so overall i saw a pretty decrease in excessive soreness and high fatigue which are potential causes of injury and with the one by 20 scheme compared to that traditional three by 10 rep um, my muscle endurance actually significantly improved so overall like going on and off the golf course, I felt really good. Um, I was never really fatigued after a long day of work or playing around. And to be honest, I thought to myself, probably I can play another 18 if I wanted to. And I think that's due to just overall being, um, having more uh, endurance and just stamina throughout the day. Um, and last, like the. The biggest thing that I've noticed through this program was um, just my body being way more conditioned in terms of a movement perspective. Um, there were roughly what, like 14, 15 different exercises. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about there. Um, and each, each exercises can be performed given like one or two minutes, but the whole program really covers so many different movements, covering different joints. And it, it focuses on like very functional movements, squats, hinges, horizontal, vertical pushes, pulls, um, rotations. And, and so just from like doing those rep repeatedly, like you see this like tremendous amount of um, change in your body that like, um, it's like a, a very foundational program that helps your body um, increase its fitness capacity. And so, you know, I haven't really seen a significant improvement in terms of my club head speed, uh, which I do kind of look forward to improving in our next block. 
but from a day-to-day standpoint, I feel stronger. And on the course, I feel like a key. I, I don't have this like, oh, like it's it's too tiring to like, you know, at the end of like hole 17, 18, I'm just like, I don't feel that like drained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are definitely other factors, including like diet, hydration, um, your ment- the mental component of things. But I think for anyone looking to really improve their fitness capacity, the GPP is a great starting point for any, anyone at like any fitness level. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, I was going to, well, I'll, I'll address this first is, you know, when I was going through this last block of programming that we, that you did the last three, three months, um, the, you know, that actually over the last six months, the programming has been more designed to maintain, right? It's just, Hey, let's, let's maintain strength. Let's, let's, let's build different, you know, capacities as far as fitness goes, because it can't always just be strength and power. Um, so, you know, the goal was to maintain um club head speed and not lose it and i think it did a pretty good job because at the end of it i mean for me to be on the range and being able to ramp up to 97 miles per hour which is actually pretty rare for me um i would say that i'm probably at the top end of where i was or maybe even a little bit better than where i was at the end of last um strength power block which was the previous was january through june for me um and that's where we're about to hit. so that would be like the more traditional strength training mile we're going to hit probably i haven't really overly thought about where we're going to go before we're going to be hitting a pretty heavy strength model we're going to be playing around with some some pretty fun um schemes and then we're going to go into pretty serious speed and power block going into um the final three months of that program and hoping over these next six months to make some some pretty serious adaptation but I, I, you know, you did mention over this last program and, and I think, you know, something like one by 20, if, if you bring that up to a lot of, you know, people in the fitness space, it's going to sound crazy to them. Like 20 reps, like that's not even in the, in the realm of being strength, you know, repetitions. Right. Um, and you're, you're coming out here saying, and I think the, the defense would be, ah, oh, you're going to be making people extremely sore. They're not going to be able to play golf. And you're saying the opposite. Um, so I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting that you're able to to go out and say, hey, you know, I did one by twenty. I was pretty damn sore in the beginning, but at the end of the day, I actually felt like my endurance overall was better. And those are some of the kind of things that you know I was looking for within the one by twenty model. Is can we start to build pretty damn solid um, control and movement capacity within patterns that we're commonly training? Nobody ever does upwards of twenty reps. I think it's going to give you a, a much different stimulus than you've had before. And, you know, we're going to build capillary density and all these other great factors that can improve endurance as well. And, you know, I mean, you, you were saying that you tried 185 for five and said that you were surprised you were able to do it after, and this was pre- previous to our call, um, you, were, you were surprised you could do it after not lifting heavy for a while. And, and I think that shows that you can maintain strength or actually improve strength by using these, uh, they're not really outlier models, but they're they're not common rep schemes, which I think still do have some significant benefit for people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Like, completely agree with what you just said. the The model of one by twenty is definitely something uh, that can maintain strength, and I think it also depends on the amount of load you're giving yourself. Right, like that was the biggest challenge. Is like, okay, how what weight should I use for a half kneeling overhead press or 
you know, for my for my bench press variations, um, you know, should I be using a 40 pound weight versus a 50 pound weight on, um, you know, a barbell bench press versus a single single arm dumbbell press, right? So like those things, I was like trying to figure out in the beginning, uh, but as the weeks went by, and then now we're on a new training block. The um, what, what what is it? The in uh, the off season golf performance program. I think you're right you're, now. Yeah, yeah, we're moving into the off season phase of the golf yeah, performance program. Yeah, and like you had me do that five, four by five bench press, and I I loaded myself up a little bit heavier because you know we're not doing twenty reps anymore. I was pretty shocked in terms of like, wow, like I could actually push this weight and I didn't even touch this weight for almost three months. And so like going into that, um, into that circuit, I was just like extremely shocked. I'm like, whoa, where did the strength come from? And it just goes to prove that doing a one by 20 has significant benefits in terms of uh, improving the strength component of your body and um you know doing multiple sets isn't really necessary right but i would say the only thing that is lacking of a one by 20 is those heavy lifts right like you're not really training your body to do um you know, you know max out on those deadlifts those bench presses but you see that carry over anyways and that's something that i was just like completely blown away by yeah and i think that's where you know and i'll and i'll say this first because you know right now where we're talking you know we're talking about the outlook of uh of a year you know when i'm planning out uh, these programs right if this is the way i, I want to go about it for the year where i know that the meat and potatoes for the training my you know for what we're doing with this program is at the end of the year when i know i'm not playing as much golf is where i really want my most intense sessions because i can push it and I'm not going to have to worry about neurological fatigue and affecting my golf game. You know, now with this program, you know, with the previous program, you know, we're looking, you know, I like to think of it because I'm looking at a year and I know where my strength and power block is going to be and where my main golf performance is going to be. The other parts of that year are just going to be working on other fitness you know, components. We are human. We're not just golfers. I don't think that I even have... I mean, I would love to know if there's any professional golfers like just listen to this podcast, but I don't really think that's the target population here. We're all just, you know, people who have jobs. We got, we like to play golf. We like to be a little bit competitive. We like to work out, but we also like to do other things outside of that and like to be active and, and have a healthy body, right? That, that doesn't feel like shit every single day. So, you know, you have to take that opportunity to just really kind of prime the body and make sure that we're hitting other components of being a healthy human and not just always be super focused on power and strength, right? And I'm playing the long game here, right? I mean, I would love to be swinging at, you know, 120 plus small power club head speed, right? And, you know, rocking, you know, close to 200 mile power ball speed, sure. Um, you know, maybe that would be the case for me um, one day, but, you know, I'm going to take each season as it goes. I'm going to build a robust, um, you know, fitness profile for myself. And um, my goal really is to just feel good every single day and allow myself to play golf and have some fun. And that's where, you know, looking at it um, year long versus just in the moment can kind of have its advantages. Yeah. And I mean, 
going off what you're saying, like feeling good in terms of like your mobility, um, your your endurance, your your ability to just keep playing without fatigue. Um, I think the golf performance program did a great job in terms of um, in terms of producing that result. And I think one big thing is like of the program is like you have this two strength days two mobility movement days and not only in your strength days are you just lifting you know weights but you're you also incorporate this like movement pattern um to work on you know either your shoulder your hips your spine and it kind of primes your body to help your other other um you know multi-joint movements like or or um you know let's just say like you know kettlebell swings or um your your deadlifts like it, it helps prime those movements and so like you're not just constantly giving your body this like this like stimulus where you're you're, you're doing this like one by 20 you're, you're giving yourself like ability to just like relax a little bit focus on the movement allow that nervous system to really ingrain those movements into your body yeah, I mean that's you know I think a lot of programs, um, you know the the goal is to just make you work hard, right? And and sure, I, you know, and I've talked about this a bunch on this podcast is you know if that's the thing that's going to get you into fitness is by you know hitting a CrossFit class or doing something pretty general and it kicks your ass. I mean, sure, I mean by all means do it. Just make sure you're taking care of your body and and you're listening to it, and this way you're you're not getting putting yourself in a position of overtraining. But if that's the thing that gets somebody to be active and, 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 you know, work on their fitness and they don't really care about, you know, making their club head speed go from 110 to 115, then, then sure, by all means. But, you know, for where, where this program's going, right, is I'm, I'm really just testing out what kind of things really work to improve golf performance, right? So everything that's kind of going through here is, hey, can I, you know, human performance in general, but, you know, at the end of every season, right, am I, and going into the next season, am I starting to perform at a higher level than I was um, in the past? And, you know, this is, you know, because I'm newer to golf um, in in a realistic setting, you know, it's only been really like the last two or three seasons. I've never had the opportunity to really like, uh, you know, when I was doing a lot of my heavy training in the past, when I was at my strongest, um, I don't know how that would have impacted my golf game. Um, so now it's really kind of, let's put uh, put all the pieces together and start to see what really happens. I mean, it's a small N, right? We're an N of two right now. There's a couple other people in the program, so it's a small sample size. But, you know, if, uh, you know hopefully this thing continues to grow and we can get bigger sample sizes. And then we can say each case study that, that I do, or each block that kind of comes out, we can start to say and create more generalized opinions based on it. Dude, I am excited to continue on with this just because I've seen pretty good results. And, you know, I've, I've actually talked with a bunch of my friends and told them, you know, yo, this, this program, you need to try this. And um, for some of my clients, I've even implemented some of this in their, in their routines, in their, in their, program and they honestly like i've gotten so much good feedback from it um i think this is um, extremely powerful especially for um the novice um novice uh weightlifter or anyone that is looking for something to 
to boost up their their strength training. Mm-hmm. And I think it's honestly what you created is pretty incredible, Joe. Thank you, thank you. And I would say it goes beyond. I mean, I think any any fitness level could kind of get in here and scale it to themselves. And and I try to keep it where there are uh, different variations. Um, where if you didn't have access to something uh, equipment wise, or you didn't feel like you know maybe the movement was painful, where, where there's a substitution for you to to select from. Um, but we don't need to to harp on the the golf performance program much more. But it was good because I, I like talking about the programming aspect of things. Um, and I think we were able to kind of talk about various different things and, and how it can impact someone's body and, and things like that. But I do want to shift. Uh, I always want to squeeze it an Ask Joe segment into every every episode. Um, sometimes I do run out of time, but but we do have a little time here to to kind of go through it. So let's take this as an opportunity to ask me a question about golf, uh, fitness, rehab, anything you want to kind of throw out there. Um, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, the question that I was thinking of kind of adds a little bit onto the GPP. Um, but like I was saying, um, there are some like limitations to it, right? Like there's a lack of heavy lifting. There there aren't that many components of just moving fast, right? So like you're working on um, very repetitive movements um, that require either multi-joints single joints, but you're, you're focusing on the quality of the movement, right? So as an athlete, like after an athlete completes this program, like what would your approach be to further progress, um, their speed, power, overall fitness, what would be some go-to exercises that you might implement in their program to, um, progress their speed their power mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a that's a great question and i think this is where where goal setting for a particular period of time is important right so like you know we discussed right how these next six months um are going to be the strength power blocks so we're going to get and you're right now where you where the, the program you're on is the very end of this previous block so the way that I always have a transition month. So we went from this really high volume one by 20 program for the last two months. Now we know we're going into a strength portion uh, or block, right? Where the weights, the intensity is going to drop. We're going to be doing much lower weights, three reps, five reps, maybe eight reps for accessory work somewhere in that ballpark. I haven't fully written it out yet, Um, but we're going into that component of things. So you started to see the reps drop down for the the main lifts, right? So we're getting that strength stimulus back, but the volume has stayed for all the accessory lifts. And that's going to bleed more and more into pure strength blocks over these next three months. And in that time period, we're going to start to work on speed again. So we're going to start to get probably at least one day a week of swinging fast. Uh, We're going to be using super speed clubs, but you could utilize just, you know, max intent drivers, um, in a garage on the range, wherever it is. And then going into the, the final three blocks is we're probably going to have maybe up to, you know, two or three speed days. And we're going to have a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of strength blocks around that. And it's just going to be a speed cycle. And there's probably going to be things like sprints and stuff like that sprinkled in there and, and things that are trying to make us swing faster. So that is when we're be really trying to get the biggest, um, jump in club head speed is going to be during that time period. Um, so, you know, if you were looking to, you know, 
say you were on something higher volume and you are looking to be, you know, faster. I mean, you need to swing with intent. Um, you need to work on the speed aspect of things. So things like sprinting, medicine ball work, um, and, and actually swinging fast, those things have to be incorporated. Um, and then you have to, and, and I would say jumping is in there and things like that. Um, and then you're also going to have to, you know, and the reason why I have a strength block before the power block is because we're just working on force production. Can we, create a body that can produce more force. And then we work on, can we take all that force we learn how to generate and can we start to move it faster? And when you think of it like that, you know, that's how, that's why strength and power, they go hand in hand with each other. And why we say, yeah, sure. You could be fast. You know, I mean, if you look at players like Will Zalatoris, right, he's not, he doesn't look like, you know, I don't, I don't think he's overly strong and he doesn't look overly strong. Right. But he can still swim pretty damn fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Uh, except I can't swing nearly as fast. <laughs> but you, you know, when we look at these these principles, right? The you know, you can't have power without creating force. So strength and power, therefore, are correlated. So um, this is why strength training is so not only beneficial, but is very highly talked about in the golf fitness space. Is because you know those things are are you know for that for that specific reason really. Um, so that's that's where you know you'd want to get stronger to be able to produce more force, and then you want to be able to actually work on speed so you can move things fast. And that combination should allow you to to up that club at speed pretty easily. Yeah, and what do you think in terms of like very golf specific, um, like? golf specific movements like do you think it's uh necessary in order to swing faster or you know can we stick with the basics to really just you know like sprints um you know plyos jump boxes like can we just do those things um or do we really have to incorporate like you know that super speed aspect just learning to swing fast what do you think I think there has to be fast swinging involved um, for sure. Um, you probably could create some gains just by speed training alone. But when we're looking at the law of specificity, I mean, nothing's going to be better than trying to swing fast. So I think that those things combined is is, is powerful. Um, but when it comes to training, you know, like golf specific fitness is goal related. And, you know, typically the way I look at, at sport specific is what, qualities can you build up that makes that athlete better um so when we look at power and strength and speed and we look at the golf swing i mean there there are a couple buckets right we have a rotational strength and power we have a vertical and then there's a hor- and then there's a, a frontal plane or a horizontal right so you need to have all of those components so you don't need them all to look like the golf swing um, you can train all of those pieces individually. And then when you couple it with something like swinging fast or your lessons with your golf coach, all of those things and those, those characteristics that we're building, once we give it to your nervous system and then you utilize it in the golf game, whether it's lessons, whether it's playing, whether it's, it's max effort swings, those things should all start to come out as movement expression, right? So we're going to build the capacities in a very general sense. We're going to make human movement as as best as possible. And we're going to build those buckets that are characteristics of a of a of a golf swing. And then we're going to, you know, you're going to be playing, you're going to be taking lessons, you're going to be practicing on the range, you're going to be doing overspeed training and all of those things combined should now allow you to express movement better. And that that's where, you know, we really want to look at things. Gotcha. 
Thanks, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, man. Dude, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, always fun to to talk a, a little little smack and, and get on and and, that, and being that you will be um, getting, hopefully we'll be able to play soon. But I, every time I think we play, um, I think we should get on an episode and just talk a little shit to each other. Because I'm telling you, man, I'm coming for you real hard. I mean, I don't know if you have any like sensors on on the show, but I. If you want to hear me talk smack, I can talk smack. I just <laughs> don't right. want to embarrass the hell out of you. Nah, man, it won't be because next time we play, I I'm, I'm calling the W now. Oh, my God. <laughs> when are you back here? Oh, well, I'll be back this weekend, but I, unfortunately, I won't have any time to play some golf. But hopefully, maybe around uh, Thanksgiving or so, uh, if, if golf could still be played around Christmas time. If I can make it work, we'll be playing. Dude, I look forward to it. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I want to give you the floor, though. Let, let our listeners a little bit more where they can learn from you, where they can find you, all that great stuff. Uh, yeah, so you guys can uh, follow me on Instagram uh, or you can follow me on TikTok. Uh, my handle is Daniel Huang DPT. My TikTok account is Dr. Daniel DPT. Um, you guys can find me at Five Iron Golf in Herald Square, um, usually there. Um, Wednesdays through Friday, uh, but definitely reach out to me if you guys have any questions, uh, interested in rehab, golf performance, um, or even just trying out Joe's GPP, which was incredible. Well, you'll you'll also be able to find him on the website. Uh, he's Dan's going to become a, a contributor, so what, we're going to have him up in the about me. And then if you guys are interested in working with Dan in any capacity uh, from a training perspective or um in person or virtual sessions just reach out and let us know sweet joe all right man well thanks again for coming on the show all this stuff will be in the show notes for you guys uh, and thanks for listening in